is Charles Spurgeon. I've heard it quoted numbers of times. I've used the quote, and I hope I'm crediting the right person, but uh, Charles Spurgeon said something very much to that effect. And uh, prayer is uh, the muscle that moves the arm of God. And, um, and so thank God for the opportunity to pray. Amen. And I hope this is a sweet season for you of uh, fellowship with the Lord. Let's go back to the book of Ezra tonight. Let's go back to the book of Ezra tonight. Our text this morning uh, was uh, from the uh, little verses there at the end of chapter number 3 where the uh, young men shouted and the old men wept. And we preached on the subject building and rebuilding. Building and rebuilding. I draw your attention tonight to chapter number 4. And taking our text from chapter number 4, verses 1 through 6. Ezra chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And when you find that, if you would stand with me, please, for the reading of the Word of God. I'll begin with verse number 1. You join me on verse 2 and we'll read responsively, finishing together on verse number 6. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Hezar Hadon, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Joshua, that's the governor and the high priest, if you remember from this morning, but Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, Ye have nothing to do with us to build in house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah, and troubled them in building, and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even unto the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, wrote they unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem, now, go over with me, if you would, in verse number 23. I'll read verse 23, then we'll read verse 24 together. We're in the same chapter, chapter 4, verse 23. What you have in the verses that between where we just left off in verse 6 and down over here to the end of the chapter, you have a record of the correspondence. These men begin to write letters and make accusations. And, uh, and, it, and this is the way it ends up. We're in verse 23 now, when the copy of King... Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum and Shimshai, the scribe, and their companions. They went up in haste to Jerusalem under the Jews and made them to cease by force and power. Then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased unto the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. That's a 15-year period that's referenced here. It will be 16 years later before the work would continue again. So for 15 years, that which they built in the previous chapter, we preached this morning, all the, if you remember the end of the chapter, they finished with shouting and weeping and singing and their hearts were moved and stirred. And 
They were excited, but the job didn't get done. It didn't get done. And so tonight, I spoke to you this morning on the subject building and rebuilding. I want to speak to you tonight on the subject. Keep building. Keep building. Keep building. Amen. Keep building. Father, bless now, please. The preaching of thy word to the hearts of thy people. The enemy's like he's always been. Up to his old tricks today, just as he always was. Help us to see it for what it is. And help us to continue to build a life for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We we start right away in our text here in chapter 4 and verse number 1. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel. Then they came to Zerubbabel. Would you circle the word heard there, verse number one? Do you know that if our lives are what they should be, then our adversaries are going to hear about it. They're going to hear about it. This is a person with a testimony we're talking about, describing. We're taking this story and we're trying to personalize into our own lives. But I ask you a question. Do you have such testimony at the workplace? Do you have such testimony among your family? The folks know about your commitment to build a life that honors the Lord Jesus Christ. And it said this, it said that the, the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord. It wasn't primarily their presence, their existence in the land that brought the opposition but it was their activity that got the attention of their adversaries. You know, this world is, is, uh, is, is uh, it doesn't mind so much what we do inside the four walls of this building. Now, now eventually they'll, they'll come after that too. They're doing that in China right now. It's a tremendous crackdown and uh, many other places in the world. But uh, for the most part, if we just, whatever we do in here, as long as we keep to ourselves, then um, uh, so be it. But uh, but when you when you begin to do something, then you get the the enemy's uh, attention. Maybe you saw uh, the 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 uh, uh, an article about the uh, the young uh, the young lady uh, Isabel Vaughn Spruce just before Christmas. There's a video of it. You could watch it, and she's standing on a sidewalk in Birmingham, England. She's the only one on the sidewalk other than three police officers and whoever's filming. She's standing there, quietly, and she's approached by a police officer that says, what are you doing? I'm standing on the sidewalk. Um, well, uh, 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 are, you, uh, are you protesting? No. What are you doing? She said, I'm standing here. The officer says, are you praying? She says, not out loud. He said, but are you praying? She says, well, I might be in my head. He said, well, then for that, you, you, you're under arrest. They arrested this lady for breaking what they call the public space protection order for silently praying on a street. Why? She was in proximity to an abortion clinic because she was standing on the sidewalk, not even praying out loud. No signs, no crowd, completely by herself. But she was near an abortion clinic and she was praying. 
which was her custom to do when she passed through an area, she'd stop, she'd pause, and she'd pray. She'd pray. Her heart was moved, and she'd pray. And for that, she was arrested. Now, I'll tell you something, my dear friend. You, if you keep your Christianity to yourself, you won't have much trouble with the enemy. Some people, people uh, that I want to brag about, well, the devil's not bothering me. Well, you get busy for the Lord, he'll bother you. Amen? He'll bother you. And I, I want to show you the opposition. I see, I see five ways that, that they were opposed here in this text. We, we caught this morning how that they, they, they were on such a, such a great track. They came together, if you remember, in united purpose. All the people gathered as one man. And they got back to the altar. They rebuilt the altar of God. And they did it according to, as it was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They got back to the book. Amen. And they were doing it daily. They got back to their daily walk with the Lord and their duty uh, for the Lord. And, and they, they gave. They became generous again. They got the financial house in order. And they got their priorities right. And they financed the work of the Lord. And it brought together, after having done so, it brought them to a place where they were singing and rejoicing in the goodness of God. The foundation was completed. And they were excited. And their hearts were moved. There was weeping. And there was shouting. And there was singing. And it got somebody's attention. Now may I say, if you make some progress in your Christian life, you're going to get some attention. You're going to get some attention. Now, uh, I don't think you ought to twist the devil's tail. I, 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 don't, I do believe in the authority of the believer, and I believe the devil's a defeated foe. Amen. And uh, uh, that lady called not long ago, uh, I don't know, the last couple of weeks, and uh, she said, will you come and anoint my house? I said, uh, are, is there something visiting you in your house? She says, yes. I said, you don't need your house anointed. I knew the family. Been going for years. I said, you don't need your house anointed. I said, what you need to do is go through your house and the junk, the junk, the garbage that you have, the profanity, the filth, the music that, that does not honor God. I said, you get it all out of your house. Any immorality in your house needs to get out of your house. I said, look, I'm a preacher and I'm not comfortable in a bar. And demons aren't comfortable in a house where Christ is glorified and honored and Christ's honoring music. I said, what you don't need, you don't need me to hocus pocus your house. What you need to do is create an atmosphere where they don't want to hang around. Now listen, you, I don't think you ought, to, you, ought, you ought to twist the devil's tail. I, I, I believe in the authority of the believer, I, yes. But, 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 I, but may, may, may I say this? If, if you do make progress, if you build a life that honors the Lord, then the enemy's going to take note. He's going to take note. And there will be opposition. There will be opposition. May I show you this, uh, the first of these uh, 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 oppositions. The Bible says here in verse number 2, Then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you. For we seek your God as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esar Haddon, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. Now, uh, 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 the first thing they did, the adversaries, the adversaries, they, 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 they came. The Bible calls them adversaries. Paul said in First Corinthians, he said, A great door and effectual is open unto me, but there are many adversaries. Anybody wants to do something for God, build a life for God, build a work for God, build a ministry for God, build a home for God, there will be 
many adversaries. These adversaries came up, and what was the first uh, opposition? It was very sly, very subtle. They basically said that, hey, we want to help you. We want to help you. We want to join with you. We want to build with you. The first manifestation of, uh, of, uh, of opposition was, number one, unholy unions. Unholy unions. Now, these folks that are, are pitching this idea to uh, God's servants, and Zerubbabel, if you remember, he was in the king's lineage. He's the governor uh, appointed, would have been a king had they not rebelled against God, of course. And then, uh, and then um, Joshua is, uh, is the high priest. Well, these folks that are in the country, they, they mention this king, uh, Esar Haddon. Esar Haddon was the son of Sennacherib, king of Assyria. And uh, 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 if you remember, Sennacherib's army, Assyria, conquered the northern tribes. And he came to try to do the same thing to the southern kingdom. He besieged Jerusalem, if you remember this story. It's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 35, 36, and 37. And God sent an angel of the Lord and wiped them out. Amen. One angel. Amen. Those of you that are spooked because... Uh, whatever. Just remember there's twice as many good ones as there is bad ones. Amen. One of them wiped out an army of 185,000 one night by himself. All right. So anyway, but, uh, but that, this is who these folks are. Uh, though the Assyrians made no further attempts to conquer Jerusalem after that devastating defeat, it was their policy to repopulate the nations that they conquered. And this particular king would carry out that work of replacing the population of the northern king with people of other nations. And so they said this. They said, we've been here uh, uh, in, in this land uh, and, 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 and worshiping God since the days of that king, Esar Hadon, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. So some of these folks obviously had migrated down to this area. And they said, we, you know, here's basically what they say. Hey, we're religious too. We're religious too. Why don't we work together? Now, folks, let me tell you something. We're not religious. I'm talking about tonight, present night tonight. I'm talking about Billy's Grove Baptist Church. We're not religious folk. The word religion is used eight times in the Bible. Seven times it's negative. And the only time it's used positively is when the Bible said in the New Testament, pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Amen? Religion, according to God's Word, is looking after some widows, looking after some orphans, and keeping yourself clean and separated unto God and, and, and not in love with the world. Amen? We don't consider ourselves religious. We're not we're not, we're not religious people. We're born again people. Amen. We're children of God. We're saved by the grace of God. And we have a calling to live our lives according to His purpose. Second Corinthians 6.14 said, Be not yoked together with unbelievers. Much of Christianity has lost its effectiveness because of unholy unions. I'm thinking about this. This is an old, old illustration. But I remember we still lived over here. Early, early days. Lived over here on Tremont Drive. Came home out of church on a Sunday night and turned on Jack Van Empey. <clears throat> Jack Van Empey did much good. I'll say this. He, I, very few men knew the Word of God, memorized as much Scripture as he did. But Jack Van Empey, in his ministry, began uh, to uh, ecumenical associations. And on that particular night, I turned him on that particular night, he said, Ruxella and I, his wife, 
we just finished the most wonderful year. And we went to a different house of worship every Sunday this year. We went to different churches and temples and cathedrals and naming and synagogues. <laughs> I'm thinking, what? What? And 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 I thought, what what confusion? Now, folks, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, God's work is to be done by God's people, God's way. Amen. God's work is to be done by God's people, God's way. And the Bible said, come out from among you, be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Listen, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, religious people, religious people that are not born again, are not Bible believers, cannot help the work of God, cannot join together. That would be a, a, a breach of Second Corinthians 6.14, be not un- unequally yoked together with unbelievers. The ecumenical movement. Yes, I know in ecumenical circles, the clear gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached many times, and I have no, uh, uh, I have no, no, no doubt that many, 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 many have been saved, believed upon Christ. The gospel is the gospel. If it's written on a rock with a piece of chalk, or if it's preached, uh, wherever it's preached, if the gospel is given, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only hope for salvation. Uh, uh, is given, and folks can respond, they can be saved. I understand that, and I thank God for this. But let me tell you something. The ecumenical movement, if he is a Roman Catholic priest who believes that receiving Christ is putting a piece of a, a wafer in your mouth and swallowing it, and believes that the sacraments are required for him to get his soul to heaven, and I invite him to this platform and say, we're going to have a joint effort to try to get folks saved. Do you think I'm going to say what I just said with him sitting here? The danger of the ecumenical movement is not what uh, is being said. It's not the it, it, what's being said. It's what's being left out. Yeah. It's what's being left out. This world doesn't need more religion. This world needs the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And, the, and right away, as soon as they begin to build, they got the foundations. And here comes the adversary. Now, their adversaries, they want to stop them. They don't want the work to go forward. But what do they do? They come and say, we'll help you. We'll help you. Let us join with you. Let us build with you. And here's what they say. For we seek your God as you do. Look, if you've got a Christ, if you've got to defend your Christianity, you don't have much of it. We worship God too. <laughs> if you do, you don't have to say that. Amen. But continue on. Verse uh, 3, But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said to them, You have nothing to do with us. <laughs> I'm sorry, fellas. We don't have anything in column. Co- column. We don't have anything in common. You have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God. But we ourselves together will build uh, unto the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. So that didn't work. Infiltrate and dilute and and, uh, form unholy unions. So what did it do next? Number four. Then the people of the land weakened uh, the hands of of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. That word, uh, uh, that word weaken means to slacken. What's the next thing? They discourage them. Try to discourage them. Try to discourage them. That, the word slacken is like our word slack. Judge again, slack off. Hey, you know, you got, y'all, man, that's too much work. You know, y'all don't need to do all that. And, uh, I remember, uh, uh, I'd get a second job most summers when I was going through school and everything. And I remember getting a, a job at Northwest Transport. Transport. The the Teamsters uh, uh, went on strike 
I think it was that same season. Anyway, it went on strike. and, and uh, But anyway, I got a second job there. A lot of folks weren't coming in, and a few of us would go in. Uh, but I remember when I first got that job, uh, a guy walking up to me and said, Hey, man, we work by the hour around here. And uh, I thought, You don't. <laughs> you don't look like you work at all. Anyway, I didn't say that. But, but the, these folks come along and said, you know, y'all go too far. You take this thing too far. You, you, it's too much. They, they, they weakened their hands. They discouraged them. They troubled them in their building. My Bible still says, whatsoever thy hand find, do, do it with thy might. Amen? Uh, my Bible still says, Colossians 3.23, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. My Bible still says in Ecclesiastes 10.18 that idleness of hands is what causes the house to drop through. The house decays because of slothfulness, because of idleness. Let me tell you something. If God's called us to build, then we ought to build. And building isn't, it's building is, building is work. Amen? Building is work. Building is work. And yes, yeah, easy to get discouraged. And, and the truth is this. Listen, if you, if you say, by God's grace, I'm going to build a life that's honoring to God. And build a home that's honoring to God. Now somebody's going to come on and say, now look, you, got, you need to calm down. You just take this a little too far. Let me tell you something. I believe this Bible right here is God's eternal word. I take it to be literally true. Amen. Amen. When it says white horse, I think it means a white horse. Amen. I believe it's God's word. It's true. It ought to be the final authority for everything that we believe in practice. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's just we get our doctrine from it. I think we get our living from that book right there. In other words, we ought to live like that book tells us to live. Amen? Our personal life and habits and, and, and character ought to be fashioned by this book right here. Discouragement comes. You, how many times have we seen this over the years? I think about numbers of stories like this. But think about one in particular. As I was on that street today, actually, and uh, visited a family this afternoon. I was on the street. street I was on right across the uh, little apartment I was at. I was right across the street, another apartment. I remember a boy who came with us, and he got, I think it was a camp, got called to preach. Came home excited, told his parents. He said, I, 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 God's called me to preach. Walked in the door of his house. He's so excited about what God had done. God's called me to preach. Went in his bedroom and started pulling old videos off the shelf, put them in a bag. Old, D, uh, not, wait, what DVDs? It's VH, VH, what was it? VHS, yeah, thank you. <clears throat> uh, and uh, put them in a bag. And, and, and Dad walked in and said, what are you doing? Mom said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm, I, I got right with the Lord. And both Mom and Dad professed, uh, came, came to church and both professed to be saved. And as far as I know, they are. But anyway, that's what they... And uh, the boy sur- surrendered his life and excited and came home wanting to clean his life up, clean up his habits and so forth, started putting that stuff in that bag. They said, what are you doing? They said, Man, I, I want to get rid of this. I, I'm, I'm, I want to be I'm sold out for Christ. I'm going to be a preacher. They said, you will never go back to that church again. And he didn't. The last time I knew, I think he was a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon. He had married a Mormon gal. I don't know if they're active or anything like that. That's one of the one of the young people I lost track of. I don't know. But the adversaries came. As soon as he said, yes, I want to build a life that honors God, the adversaries came and they discouraged him. And can I say this? You start making commitments to Christ. Listen, I, 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 don't, I make no apology. I make no apology. Listen, if Jesus Christ gave his all, we ought to give our all. Amen. 
And this philosophy of the day that says we've got to make everything easier for God's people so folks will continue to come, you know, church, let's, 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 it's almost like we've dumbed down church. We've dumbed down church. It's minimalist church. The Bible still says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Man, we need more uh, evangelism. We need, we need more preaching. We need more, more. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Because the day's coming and Jesus is coming soon. And, uh, uh, but you do that. You do that. You do that. I remember my wife at Summer Bible College, a family member, looked at her and said, you don't have to dress like this in the summer. You're not at Bible College. <laughs> he said, I dress this way because I want to. Thank you. Can I tell you something? If you, if you get some convictions about you and you get some thoughts about you and ideas from preaching and from the Word of God, and you say, you know what? I need to make some changes in my personal life. There won't be, there'll be no shortage of people. I'll say, what are you doing? Why, why, why do you give so much time? Why do you give so much money? Why do you spend all day? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? People are doing something. This, this, <laughs> our world is doing something. Either get being entertained or playing a sports game or whatever. Listen, we might as well be as busy as they are. They, these folks are training for the Olympics. They're not busy. They're busy. They're busy. Listen, let's be busy. Jesus said, occupy till I come. Let's be busy for the Lord till he comes. Amen. Oh, yeah, they'll be discouraged. That's all right. Look at verse number five. It, it, it heated up and hired counselors. Maybe taking them to court. Lawyers involved now. Hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. And boy, boy, that's the truth. Nothing will frustrate you any more than that. Amen. Frustrate them. And then verse number six. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, at the beginning of the reign, wrote they unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Next thing that came was criticism. Criticism. They got unholy unions trying to stop them. Uh, discouragement trying to stop them. Legal trouble trying to stop them. I brought me, I, I just went the last two months of, of, of CLA's prayer list here. And uh, this one says, a glimpse into a day at CLA. We cover your prayers. This is uh, like a call log for CLA for one day. Florida, uh, uh, from Florida. Question on sexual harassment policies. Indiana, moving non Profit to another state, Oregon. Nonprofit organization questions. West Virginia, nonprofit outreach questions. California, property left to the church. Alabama, questions about nonprofit benefit for local businesses. New York, question on child protection policies. West Virginia, protection of statement of faith. Uh, Virginia, help with starting a nonprofit teen ministry. California, filing as a nonprofit. Ohio, request for assistance with filing at 1023. Virginia, inquiry about starting a nonprofit. Pennsylvania, questions about uh, bylaw procedures. Alabama, benevolence policy review. Arizona, question about a letter from the IRS. North Carolina, incorporation questions. Wisconsin, facility use inquiry. Florida, question on nonprofit law. Georgia, abuse report, uh, reporting questions. Georgia, problem with a disgruntled church officer. California, don- donor receipts inquiry. Florida, cell tire contract issue. Florida, church Investment questions, Florida tax questions, Georgia question on 1023, North Carolina abuse reporting procedures inquiry, North Carolina assistant with merging ch- assistance merging churches, Tennessee employment retention credit, Washington help with community center lease renewal, West Virginia questions regarding pastor being employed versus self-employed. That's the first of three columns. That's one day's call log for Christian Law Association. Thank God for those legal missionaries. Amen. 
Thank God for these folks. Listen, and, 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 and more than ever, more than ever, people losing their businesses and, 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 and our rights are being infringed upon. Listen, you just keep on standing for right. Keep on standing for right. And keep on building. Keep on building. And then finally, finally, we get down to verse number 22. They wrote these letters. They got it to the king. The king read it and said, oh my goodness. Here's what they said. They said, this, this is a notorious city. Uh, kings of the past, uh, world empire, and they I'll conquer and all this stuff they put in there. And these like a bunch of rebels and they're going to rebel again against you. And so what happened now when the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read by Rehum and Shimshai, the scribe, and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem under the Jews and made them to cease by force and power. A show of force, number five. Then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased under the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia, for 15 years. The work of God ceased. The unholy unions, the discouragement, the legal trouble, the criticism, and finally the show of force was too much to discourage the people, and they laid down their trials, and, and, and they walked away, and they said it's cost too much, the price is too high, and we can't do it anymore, and they walked away, and for 15 years the work of God ceased. But look what happened in verse chapter 5. Then the prophets... hey. hey Things are looking up. Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied, preached unto the Jews that were in Jerusalem and, uh, uh, and Judah in Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. These are the same men that came in mind. Years ago they had come, and they got so far as the people got settled in their cities, and they brought them together. And then they, they, they laid the foundation. Then the opposition came, and they quit the work for 15 years, but Zechariah preached and Haggai preached and Zerubbabel got himself right and the priest got himself right and they went back at the work. Amen. And the work continued. Oh, listen, tonight the message is, hey, uh, 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 keep on building. 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 Let me give you some thoughts tonight. Not many, but just a few. Keep building your relationships. Keep building your relationships. These first three weeks of the year, we're trying to build our walk with God. I'm not going to ask for testimonies, but how many you say, Pastor, my walk with God has room for improvement. Would you say amen or signify in some way? Yeah, all of us. Is that not true? Hey, keep building your walk with God. Keep building your walk with God. Keep, keep striving. Keep working at it. Uh, uh, if it gets cold, if you have something, do something a little different. Uh, many of you have a, a spot where you pray, and I think it's so important to have some kind of uh, uh, in you, a, a time and a place, a place, a, 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 some kind of a plane where you go to a place and you have a time. The things that are most important to us, we schedule in our day. Now, maybe the time will vary, but connected to an event, some of our folks have successfully driven to work 20 minutes early, 30 minutes early, sat in their cars. One of our ladies won a co-worker to Christ one morning. She'd go early, and they'd see her. She'd be in her car. She'd read her Bible, and she'd pray for her. She'd go into work, and one day a co-worker knocked on the window, and she wanted to Christ before work. Amen? And she had a pattern. And so maybe maybe it's after work. Maybe there was a season in my life where... 
before, actually, as far as a pastor, I'd get off work and I'd go. And on the way home, I'd stop by Forest Preserve. I walked through the woods and walked and talked with the Lord. And that was the summer I prayed and prayed and prayed for wisdom. And, and that summer that God uh, led us here. Uh, but, but, uh, but work at that and, and keep building, keep building your walk with God. Uh, don't, don't, don't listen. Don't accept, say, you know, I just don't have much of a walk with God. Well, you can. It, 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 it's not a duty. It's a joy. It's a wonderful thing to be able to, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. Can you help me for just a minute? And the joys we share as we tarry there. I'd, I'd be like, say, well, you know, I've got to spend time with my wife. I've got to walk with my wife. Oh, better do it enough time. Look, listen, if, if, you, if, if you've got a bad taste in your mouth because you feel just throw your, throw, throw your clock away, everything. Just, just talk to the Lord and enjoy. Spend time with Him. Find your little spot somewhere and just enjoy. I mean, you, if you love your wife, you love your kids, you enjoy spending time with Him. How many of you love God? You love God? Say amen. Well, just spend time with the Lord. That's what, that's what, I don't know how to pray. You know how to pray? No, I don't know how to pray. How many of you talk? <laughs> if you know how to talk, you know how to pray. Talk to God. You talk to your neighbor. You talk on the phone. You talk to the, to the media apps. You talk to your friends. You, you talk to God. Talk to God. I told you about that in the airport in O'Hare. And a man came in. I was between flights. I had a there, so I just went to the chapel. And I had a, 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 a layover, I guess you call it. Anyway, I had some time. So I went in there and read my Bible, prayed a little bit in the chapel, the uh, the uh, uh, interfaith chapel, I think they call it. And uh, so, but they got a Bible in there and, you know, crucifix and then the Quran over here on this table. So, I, anyway, I just there, it's a quiet place, you know. And a Muslim came in, got this carpet down, did his prayers, you know, and so forth like that. And I, when he's done, he's curious. I said, sir, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm a Christian. I've been praying in here. I, I noticed you praying over there. I was wondering, what, what do you pray about? He said, well, uh, he said, our prayers are over here. He walked over to the Quran and he opened it up. He said, these are, these are my prayers. I said, so this is just, uh, you read this? Or, and he said, I quote this. I said, well, do you ever just, uh, do you ever like just talk to God and, uh, in, in prayer? He said, what do you mean? Uh, these are our prayers. He said, then we have some prayers over here. He started turning. And so I said, well, do, but do you ever, like, do you ever just pray directly to God without, without saying these words? Do you ever, and he said, what are you, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I mean, I said, like you and I are talking right now. We're just talking, you know, and do you ever just talk to God? And literally, I could not convey the concept. It was such a foreign concept. He never thought, he never heard of that. That's not prayer. Prayer is not like you talk to God. Prayer, you, you quote this. Listen, if, 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 I, if I said, now nah, lay me down to sleep, I pray thee, Jason, my soul to keep it. That's not... You know, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. I mean, whatever I said to him, if it's not my words, I'm just reciting something. You know, that's not prayer. Just talk to God. Amen. Talk to God. Enjoy. Let's all talk to God this year. Amen. Let's talk to God. Let's talk to God. Keep building your relationships. Build your walk with God. Now, let me, let me give you a concept. And this is where I want to go with this. Your closest relationship in your life your most, are your most important. And herein is a great temptation for all of us. To neglect that which is most important. How sad that we often give our time and attention to lesser things and neglect the things that are most important. Your, listen, 
next to, if you're married, next to your walk with God is your relationship to your spouse. And may I say, if, you're, if, you're, if your marriage is struggling a little bit, the first thing you need to do is get, get back in fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Where does love come from? The fruit of the Spirit is love. If you're grouchy at home, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. If there's tension at home, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. If you're, if you're, if you're impatient, the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. If you're harsh, the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Faith, meekness, temperance. This, is, this comes from a relationship with God. You, 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 here's what we do. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, let me show you something. Jason, come up here for just a minute. We're going to let you be God for just a couple minutes, okay? Okay? And sweetheart, if you come back over here and stand again. If we're not careful, if our relationship to God is not what it ought to be, it will cause our relationship to those after us. So the closest next to me then would be my spouse. Next to that would be my children. Those that labor with me, you folks here that labor with me. But let me tell you what we do. When we're not walking with God, and we're not, our marriage isn't strong, we're not in really in fellowship with our spouse like we ought to be, you know what? It's, not, it's easier for me to go out here and be friendly. You know why? Because you don't know me. I can be nice to anybody at Walmart. Not everybody. <laughs> but I'm doing fine, thank you. But but that doesn't just because I got a lot of what do you say? I got I got five hundred friends. Can you tell me their names? When was the last time you spoke to them? Huh? Now let me tell you something. Uh, uh, if you want, if you want to flourish, you'll be a better friend if you're in fellowship with those that know you best. See, God knows everything about you. You know why I start avoiding God? Because He knows me. <laughs> he knows me. And sometimes our marriages are weaker than they they ought to be. There's weakness in our marriage. Well, because our spouse knows us pretty good. That's Mr. Chicken. I haven't talked in six months, and that's why. And uh, but our spouse knows us. Right? Everybody with me? So when I say, thank you all very much. When I say, let, let's keep building our relationships. Folks, listen to me. Please, please, please listen to me. I'm not trying to get a crowd. We make this marriage retreat a priority. Make it a priority. I know it's not possible. Not everybody can work situations. I understand that. But but I, I, I spend time in my office counseling by the hours, couples in the, you know, it counts on counts, trying to help them, help them, help them. And they say, Pastor, we're going, we're going to the couples retreat. I said, oh, that's wonderful. I said, thank you, Lord. It's such a blessing. And on the way to the couples retreat, they call me and say, we decided to go to the beach instead. Don't be a ding-dong. You, you, your relationship to God and your spouse is, is, is I'm, glad, I'm glad they went somewhere. I wanted to go somewhere. But I, I'm, I'm, I, what I'm trying to say is you, you keep working on that. Keep working on your walk with God. Keep working on your marriage. Amen? Make it a priority. You'll be a better co-worker if things are happy at home. Don't give up on it. Don't just resign yourself to misery. Is there God in heaven or, or not? Yes or no? 
Get a hold of Him. Get a hold of God. Get a sweet relationship with God. Listen, you're easier to get along with when you're walking with God. Amen? You are. You're filled with the Spirit. And the Bible tells us in Stephen's life, it's an irresistible spirit. Listen, listen. I I want to be close. I want to be close to God. I want to be close to my family. I want to be. I want to love people. I want God's love to flow through me. But listen to me. What I don't want to do is go out here and have these many, many, many little shallow relationships, and that's all I have in life because I'm not really that close to my family, and I'm not really close to my God. You will enjoy deeper friendships if you'll catch what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Keep, keep, keep building your walk with God. Keep building your marriage. Keep building your relationship with your children. Keep loving them at their life stage and helping them at their life stage. And then build, number four, build friendships. Build, friend, build good godly friendships. Keep building relationships that God has given you. Next, keep building the ministries God has given you. Keep building the ministry that God has given you. Every one of us, listen, every member of this church ought to be ministering to others and giving themselves away, investing in the lives of others. Keep building the ministry that God has given you. Some of you minister to the shut-ins and to the widows and, and, and keep ministering to them. And uh, um, uh, 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 just, just recently, um, uh, one, one, of, one of these dear widow ladies told me, said, Pastor, um, just her little heart was just overwhelmed by the kindness of God's people and the thoughtful care of God's people. And I want to thank you for that. Keep ministering. If God's given you a little piece of ministry, pour yourself into it. Pour yourself into it. Sunday school teachers, I beg you, I beg you in 2023, listen, uh, 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 the, the Sunday school uh, is, the, is the teaching arm of the local church. It is also the keeping arm of the local church. Uh, the Sunday school teachers got to be the one that knows, how, you know, brother so-and-so or so-and-so or little so-and-so wasn't here and I, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to reach out to them. Let them know I love them. Is everything okay? Teacher, that's your job to share the Word of God and to teach the Word of God, but also to help to keep God's people engaged. And, and there's, there's no way, there's no way one, a handful of people, listen, there are hundreds of, I don't, I don't know how many, but um, I don't know how many, how many Christmas cards were sent out. Any idea? 700 Christmas cards. Uh, I have 700 friends. I don't know their names, but I have 700 friends. But that's, those are people that are connected, have some kind of connection with our church. Listen, there are not enough minutes in a day, hours in a day, minutes, hours, time in a week to have effective contact with that many people. It's just not possible. You understand? That's what I mean when I say the Sunday school staff is the keeping arm of the church. Please, please, teachers, pray for those students. Pray for them. Pray for them by name. Know their needs. Get in their home. Don't neglect that, teacher. What an awesome responsibility you have. And love them and, and say, God, help me. I'm not, I don't want to just, I want to, I want to build something for God. I want my class full. I think about Carl Hatch. Could, couldn't read, couldn't read and write. Couldn't read and write. And, 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 and it had a drunkard's life and he got saved. And, and, he, and, and he wanted to share, uh, 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 what God had done for him. And the pastor gave him a little handful of teenagers and he built a youth department of 150 teenagers. On a regular basis, he couldn't read and write. 
His wife would teach him the Sunday school lesson through the week and he'd get up on Sunday and teach the lesson. His wife taught him through the week. Why? Because he wanted to see souls saved and he wanted to see lives change. In our bus ministry, oh, bus workers, please, please, please take that seriously. Just this week, what Miss Shannon was telling me about uh, some music students and, and how that uh, she's getting to know the family and they're go to, uh, uh, they came to visit here for a special occasion where they go to Baptist church and how that the dad was, uh, came here as a boy and rode the buses. And now he's trying to rear his family in church. The very first time we ever tried to borrow money as a church, way, way back in the day, is at First National Bank. It used to be right up here. Somebody remember that? First National Bank. And I remember going in there and sitting down and we wanted to, we needed some money and, and sat down there and, uh, and, and the banker said, tell me a little bit about, it. I said, well, I said, we, we want to do this, we want to do this. And we have a bus ministry, we want to, uh, uh, build children's ministry. She said, Bus ministry? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, the bus ministry touched my life. Guess what? They helped us. Amen. The bus ministry makes a difference. Little lady sitting back here this morning with her four little children, 11 years of age and under, and came and, and, and I, I knew I recognized the name and I finally got to her this morning. I said, now tell me, tell me again, tell me who you are. She said, I came as a little girl. Bill Brown picked me up from Ramsour and I rode the buses in and it's been years, but I'm here and I got my children here. Listen, Johnny Jones, listen to me carefully. Johnny Jones on his deathbed. We were two doors down when my dad was in intensive care unit in the heart unit. We were two doors down from where he spent his last hours. And sitting in that room, Johnny Jones looked at me. He said, Pastor, the best days of my life were when I taught Sunday school and worked a bus route and brought little children to church. Now, that's a good man. I'm not dispersing that. I'm just telling you what that man told me. Miss Pauline's in heaven now. I feel the liberty. I've told you this story, but not use the name necessarily. But he said to me, he said, Pastor, those were the best years of my life. And he's a good man. He was a generous man. God blessed him and built a business and he did well. He didn't say my best years were riding in the big RV down to, to watch a, 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 a Alabama football game. They love Alabama football. He didn't say the best days of my life were going to an Alabama football game. He said, he said on his deathbed, he said, Pastor, the best days of my life were teaching Sunday school. Best days of my life were running that bus route. Oh, listen to me. We'll get to heaven one day. And I, I'm not against God's people enjoying life, enjoying your family and things like this. I, I'm just saying that, that if God's given you a ministry, build it for the glory of God. Do something with that class. Do something with that bus route. By God's grace, that jail ministry, that nursing home ministry, these ministries are wide open. That's so winning ministry. Keep building relationships. Keep building relationships God has given you. Keep building the ministry God has given you. Let me give you one final thought. Keep building the future God has in store for you young people. Young people, keep building the future that God has in store for you. What do I mean? What do I mean? A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, the Bible said. You want a good future, young people, build a good name. Now, I'm, I'm going to be a little sharp right here. Young people, look at your pastor for just a moment. Listen to me. Look at me, please. What kind of name do you have? 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 What kind of testimony do you have? Young men, what kind of testimony do you have? Your name. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. 
You don't need a great job opportunity. You need a good name. You have plenty of opportunities. You build a life of character. You keep a good name. You keep a good testimony. You do right. You stand apart. Keep yourself clean. Keep yourself pure. Go on and be a decent, godly Christian young man. A good, godly Christian young lady with a good testimony. Hey, you keep working on that. You build a good name. Build a good name. If you've done some dumb things, we all did some dumb things too. You work on building that good name. Build a good name. Build godly character. Build godly character. That means that means find a task and, and stick to it and get it done. And get where you're supposed to be and get yourself where you're supposed to be. And do what you're supposed to do. Build some character. Uh, 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 keep your word, your, your promises. Make your commitments. Do your work. Do your work. Do your work. What are you doing? You're, you're laying the groundwork. Uh, a future. I, I'm, I'm enjoying a biography of, of Lewis and Clark and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and their expedition. And who uh, uh, opened up the West to us. And, 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 and Meriwether Lewis is an 18-year-old boy. 18-year-old boy, his, his, his mother was widowed twice. He was in college, and, and his 18-year-old boy came back to manage the family home. 2,000 acres, a, a huge responsibilities, an entire household, 18 years old. And I, and in, 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 in this story, he talks about all the responsibilities that he had. And, and I mean, I mean, he was the mechanic and he, 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 he had to get the bread on the table and, 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 and kill the animals and, and, and harvest the animals and, and prepare them and, and, and make sure the crops had to become an expert in land. And he's an 18 year old young man, a young man, 18 years old. Listen, listen, uh, there was a generation that's uh, 17 and 18 and 19, 20 and 21 years of age went off and, and fought a world war and, and, and kept us free. And, and, and can I tell you, we need another generation. I, I'm glad you have uh, abundance, young people. And each succeeding generation has enjoyed more and more abundance. And, and that's not wrong. But you you be a person who says, I'm, I'm not just going to be soft. I'll be able to take a task and able to do it and able to stick with it and finish what I start. Build some character. God has a future in store for you. Build your knowledge base. Read. Read, young people. Read. Study. Learn. Read. Study. Learn. Who do you think wrote the Bible? Slackers? No. Luke's. Jeremiah's. David's. Moses. Build a future, young people. Think about your life. Listen, I'm not saying God has to reveal all the details of your life, but but you you ought to have you ought to have some desires. You have 15, 16, 17. What are you going to do when you graduate? Holy. What do you want to do? Holy. What do you like to do? Holy. Get the marbles out of your mouth. Learn to speak with distinction. Learn to look people in the eye. Learn how to say yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Learn how to get a job and we don't have to somebody look after you all the time and stay on you all the time and take a task and, and get it done. You're building your future. Keep building the future God has given you. Learn some skills. Learn some skills. Man, I, some of the guys I went to Bible college with, they, 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 they worked their, literally worked their way through Bible college cutting hair. Cutting hair. They learned a skill. They learned a skill. And... Uh, uh, 
if you put your hand to it, the Bible said if a man puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Not fit for the kingdom of God. Listen, young people, if God's put his call on your life, there'll be a million and one reasons why you ought to turn back. But just just look at that and say, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. If God is, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God didn't change his mind. If God set me apart and God wants to use me, then God will help me. I may feel inadequate. I may not have the the, the, the boldness I need. Or the, uh, the, I, I feel ill-equipped. But what God calls, God will help you. You keep building a life of faithfulness. Godly character. Do right, do right, do right. And God will raise you up and God will use you for His glory. Keep building. Keep building. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Excuse me, Philippians chapter 3. To a very familiar verse. We'll close the message with this simple verse. Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. Verse Number 13, and then 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. I press. You know what that is? That's effort. Amen? That's effort. I wonder have I done my best For Jesus, who died upon the cruel tree. I press toward, uh, that's direction. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Sound the battle cry. See the foe is nigh. Raise the standard high for the Lord. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. We sing, I think it was this morning. About, or tonight about our soldiering. I press toward uh, the mark. That's a goal. That's a goal. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Young people, don't lose sight of that mark. That mark, that's a goal. That's a goal. Oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me, glory for me. When by His grace I shall look on His face. That will be glory for me. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. We hope to stand before him one day and hear what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Keep building. Somebody causing you trouble? Keep building. Somebody trying to get you to unite with them and water you down a little bit, cool you down? Keep building. Amen? Someone suing you? Keep building. Amen? Someone criticizing you, keep building. Accusing you, keep building. Someone trying to strong arm you, keep on building. Keep on building. Keep building a life that glorifies God. Keep building your walk with God, your marriage, your children's life, your friendships. Keep building that ministry that God has given you. I thought about that little girl in closing. I was in an ICU ward quite a few years ago now. And a mother was extremely sick. Her little nine-year-old daughter rode the buses and sat in our Sunday school classes, rode the buses. And she said, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I'm concerned about my daughter. And um, she told me this story. She said, my, my, my daughter's sad. And the, the, the counselor at school called her into the office and said, sweetheart, you're not happy. And she said, 
the counselor asked the little girl, said, are you, are you ever happy? She said, yep. She said, when? She said, when I'm at church. When I'm at church. There's a lot of kids with a lot of struggles, aren't there? That little Sunday school hour might be the brightest, brightest spot of their week. Keep building that work God's given you. Let's stand together, shall we? Father, we have a real enemy. He'd love to discourage us.